Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness is built to take you further off the beaten path. It has 9.5 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus off-road wheels, rugged all-terrain tires, and advanced dual-function X-Mode to help get you through deep snow, gravel, and mud. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness. Adventure elevated. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. And this is episode 120. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week, drinks writer Hannah visits the great sherry tasting in London and finds out from sherry expert Angela Bailey about why we all should be drinking more of it. We also learn about sherry's many different styles, the best place to drink it and how to use it in cocktails. This is Hannah Guinness from Olive Magazine, and I'm here at the Great Sherry Tasting in London today with Angeline Bailey, who is a certified sherry educator, is that this right? Is right, yes. Um, and she's also also represents uh, Sherry Wines UK, which is a promotional body dedicated to spreading the message about why sherry is great to drink and why we should all be uh, coughing more of it, really. So I first met Angeline a few weeks ago um, at a sherry, on a sherry trail in London, and she took us around a few different bars and places that serve sherry. And, um, you know, it it was really interesting because, you know, sherry is one of those things, it's probably the most... Um, undervalued and kind of misunderstood drinks out there. Um, most people, when they hear the word sherry, they think, you know, your nan's drink cupboard, um, which is really just not what it is. They do. They have an opinion that perhaps um, isn't true anymore uh, or something they've learned from older members of their family and maybe mm-hmm. they haven't tried it themselves. So, mm. yeah, our work is to promote and educate people about sherry. And the wines we've got here today that I'm going to taste with you are five very different styles. Mm. And that's something most people don't expect from sherry. Um, maybe they think it's very dry and they don't particularly like that style. Or perhaps they think it's very sweet. Mm. And again, they don't maybe like that style. But there are two or three different flavours in between. There are different styles of sherry, Mm. which, I mean, they're so rewarding to drink. It's not like a still wine. You've got so many different flavours to enjoy. Mm. Um, So I hope that 
will become apparent as we taste these today. Yes, I'm sure it will. Um, okay, so, um, so as Angeline said, you can have everything from bone dry sherries to lusciously sweet, fruity sherries and everything in between. And you can pretty much find um, anything you eat, anything you want to eat, you'll find a sherry to match it. So um, what are we going to start with first? Well, today I've got um, a fino and a manzanilla. Okay. Now, most, well, all dry sherry is made from one single grape variety, mm -hmm. Palomino. And actually the trick, the secret is the way it's aged. Mm -hmm. So these are the young styles of sherry. Um, the difference between a manzanilla and a fino is one thing, and that's where it's made. Mm -hmm. It's made in exactly the same way, like a still wine, and then it's fortified, and then it starts its aging process. One starts its aging process in Jerez, which is inland in southern Spain in Andalusia, so really hot climate, and the other starts its aging process um, on the coast in San Luca, mm. which isn't very far from Jerez, but as we'll taste, you get a very different style of sherry. Okay, so what do we have? Should we try the manzanilla first? Yeah, let's try one first. So we'll start with the lightest style, yes. which is a manzanilla. And the one I have here is La Gitana, made by Bodegas Hidalgo. Lovely. Very widely available. And in a full bottle, so 75 centilitres, around £11. Uh, this wine will be about four years old, but the first thing to do when you're tasting any wine, and that's a really good point to make at the start, sherry is a wine, mm -hmm. is to look at the colour. Mm. It's very pale, straw-like, and then we assess it by having a smell. And really sniff in those aromas, and we swirl it around to activate the wines. You know, you have to remember these wines have been in a barrel for mm. years and maybe bottled for a little longer. So you need to open it up and give it a shake. Yes. Release those aromas. And what aromas. can we smell? You know, there's a saying that manzanilla, the name derives from the Spanish word manzana for mm. green apples, because yeah. when sometimes people are describing manzanilla, they talk about Granny Smith's green. Yes, that's what I, when I've had it before, that's what I think, green apples. Whether that's true or not, we don't know. Yeah. But this is a wine, and it's like any other wine. It's very subjective. What you smell and what I mm. smell might be slightly different, and what we appreciate mm -hmm. are different. Other aromas that are often talked about are uh, almonds, mm. like marzipan. Yeah. And brioche. brioche. Um, yeasty smells. Now... The yeasty, bready aromas come from the very unique aging process that these wines have. So we know they're aged in different towns, but these young finos are pale because when they're in the barrel, they have a yeast that forms on top of the wine to protect it from oxidizing. Mm. Um, and it's called floor. It's a naturally occurring yeast. And when I go to most consumer fairs and explain this yeast on top of the yeah. wine, people look at me like, ooh, that yeah. sounds really weird. Slightly, slightly grossed but out. it's the secret to sherry that gives the flavor and the color or protects it from aging um, and gives those toasty, bready, yeasty mm. notes. To taste this wine is different to still wines because mm. we know the alcohol is a little higher, so it's 15%, which mm. actually isn't more than a lot of red wines. Mm. But 
when you smell and taste, you're getting a real sensation. Mm. And most people aren't expecting that. Mm. That you normally put your nose in a glass of Pinot Grigio and, well, you know, there's not a lot to smell. And when you taste it, it's quite easy to drink. These are a bit more challenging, mm. but they're also very rewarding as a result. Mm. So Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're bone dry. There's not sort of a whisper of... Yeah. Of sweetness, which is... I mean, there's also, no residual sugar no. in these wines. I mean, there's a trace of it. Um, and this is because of this yeast. Yeah. I mean, it's a real scientific process that gets yeah. a little bit boring. But you're in, right, they're in dry. Layman, in layman's term, the yeast gobble up all the sugar. That's right. <laughs> the yeast eats all the sugar. Um, the good thing about these wines, mm. as with most Spanish wines, you know, they're made to enjoy with food. Mm. And when you smell this, the salty saline flavours that you can smell and taste yeah, are like wonderful with seafood. Yeah. Um, or a handful of salted almonds, because mm. you're complementing that almond flavour you can smell and taste. Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely this kind of... It's almost savoury. Very savoury, and another descriptor people talk about with sherry, not just these manzanillas, but... All the dry styles is umami, mm. and that's why they pair really well with Japanese foods, you know, with that soy. It's an intensity of flavour. When you drink sherry, it's not something you take in large quantities because you need to take your time to appreciate it, mm. and you savour a mouthful, and it will develop in your mouth. I mean, as you're enjoying this manthania now, you can probably still taste it. Okay, you've drunk it. Yeah, it's got a really lingering finish. It's definitely still very aromatic in mm. your mouth. So let's compare that now to a fino, yes. which, as I said, is made in the same way. And you'd, would you serve a manzanilla chilled? Definitely chilled. Mm. These wines benefit from staying in your fridge, um, on standby at a moment's notice to yes. come out when friends come round to wow them because actually they won't be expecting it and they will remember it and it's um, I mean I, I think it's a and also I think great you know it's, it's worth saying that you know I mean sherry's are strong wines I mean Manthinia will start 15% but that does go up up to about 20 but a little does go a really long way That's I mean right. you wouldn't you wouldn't drink a large wine glass well I mean you could but <laughs> you're, feeling you're right. The alcohol the levels day. start at 15 and go up to about 20%, um, maybe a little bit more as they age like 10, 20, 30 years. Mm. But um, you're right. You want to um, have a small portion that yes, you enjoy so, with food. Exactly. So, you know, invest in a bottle and it'll, you know, last you. I mean, also most sherries, they'll last longer than an average bottle of wine. Oh, definitely, yes. Um, storing sherry, I mean... A, a, a few years ago, we did some research into sherry myths, mm -hmm. and this is one of the myths, you know, that you can keep a bottle in the cupboard for years and it'll be fine. Well, no, it's <laughs> a wine and it will, it will go off. I mean, yes, you can keep a bottle longer because the alcohol level's a bit higher, but you mm. certainly wouldn't be looking beyond two to three weeks for a Fino Manthinia if you store it in the right conditions yeah. in the still, fridge. Which is still a decent amount of time, I mean. Yeah. And it's, well, to be honest, I mean, I had a, so I went to Spain recently and I invested in a couple of bottles of sherry and uh yeah they i mean it's no great hardship to make sure that they get finished off within a couple of weeks and with friends just, and yeah. a little food well you know yeah, the bottle it's, doesn't it's last as long as you how think. quickly it disappears so the next wine in our glass is a fino and as i said made in the same way but just mm. inland now yeah um the manthanias from the coastal town of san lucar this is inland in jerez which one's this, this one this is sanchez romate fino perdido 
Um, look at the colour difference. Yeah, it's got a slightly... It's, it's more of a... It's a richer gold, isn't it? Definitely um, less straw yellow and a richer gold. But this is... Um, Partly because it's a little bit older, mm. but the temperature inland is warmer, and mm. so it's a bit more of an intense um, maturation in the mm. barrels. Now, how does the smell compare? It's quite similar, but for me, it's just got a bit more um, body to it. It's mm. a bit uh, gutsier or a bit feistier. Yeah. Um, I'm still getting those kind of slightly yeasty You do notes. still get lots of yeast. Again, that's the floor in the mm. barrel on top of the wine. It's almost a little bit more honeyed, just a bit richer. Yeah, definitely honeys. But still, mm. as you've said, very saline, very salty, very dry. Very dry. Mm. And I don't know about you, but it gets your mouth watering. Yeah. You can tell I've just noticed you're now that. thinking, mm, what? I'd like something to eat with that. Yes. Of course, hamon would be fabulous. I'm sorry we don't have any. <laughs> Awesome olives, they're always great. Mm, I mean, it feels like a cliche to think these are Spanish wines, let's think of some Spanish uh, light bites. Yeah. But don't fight it because, you know, they're, they're meant to go together for a good reason. I mean, it's the perfect, it's such a Spanish drink because you think it's so hot in that part of the country and really, you know, what you want is something Something, something like refreshing. That. Something yeah, refreshing, not This, again, is served cold from the fridge, so what, seven degrees, something mm. like that. And... You were talking about hot country and something refreshing. Mm. Later on, we'll try some sherry cocktails and Great. they'll be even Good more refreshing. Mm. Yeah, it's lovely. Personally enjoying that one. <laughs> mm. Now, as a Fino Manthania ages, this floor I was talking about, it mm. um, dies away because it needs nutrients to stay alive. Mm -hmm. So as the years pass in the barrel, um, the wine does start to oxidise. And normally this is a phrase in winemaking terms you don't that's, want to hear. Not it's all. not yeah. good. We all say, oh, it's gone off, it's oxidised. But in sherry, this is the secret ingredient. Mm. Um, we're about to try now an Amontillado, which essentially is a phenomanthania that's aged and started to oxidise. And what does oxidation do to the wine? Does it, turns it sweeter? Well, okay. the air allows it to concentrate. Mm. Um, and you can see the colour immediately oh, yeah. I mean, this has colour, gone this darker. Is, this is just a beautiful now, amber honey colour. very beautiful, bright. Also immediately smells just, very again, aromas. even richer. And this is where the alcohol started to evaporate. Mm -hmm. And what's happening in the barrel every year, 4%, a bit like whiskey, you know, the angel's share, mm -hmm. although in Hereth it's the devil's share. Yeah. It evaporates out of the barrel and condenses the liquid. So everything mm. becomes concentrated. The colour starts to darken. Mm. And as you say, you can smell caramel, um, honey. Mm. There's a, a different nut, apparently, for every sherry. So we start with almonds, then we go on to hazelnuts, and towards the end we get into more walnuts. Yeah, this is lovely. But this is a very rewarding wine, again, because the flavours develop. As you put it into your mouth and drink it, it changes because the air in your mouth will um, aerate the wine and mm. you start to enjoy a different flavour from the smell and the taste. And I don't know about you, but as I'm drinking that, compared to the phenomanthania, the, the, the density of the liquid feels thicker. It's more viscous, more... Um... Definitely, the viscosity has increased. And that's concentration, and it's a perceived sweetness. Yeah, so people it's... think it's sweet. Yeah, it, seems, still very it dry. seems sweeter, but actually, 
it's really not. It's still quite dry, but it's it's just it's more of a more velvety mouthfeel, I guess, than... That's exactly it. So your brain is tricked into smelling those sweet flavours, although it's mm. dry, tasting a thicker liquid, although it's dry, and then when you drink it, yeah, you're, you're thinking, well, I could have a savoury dish with that. Mm. I um, mean, it also means you can keep keep drinking these, you know, all evening, really. It's not like, say, with, you know, I find, like, sometimes the gin and tonics... I can really, my palate only really wants one or two because they are quite sweet, but, you know, something like this. Because you'll come yeah, back to it giving. and you taste something slightly different next mm. time. And they develop. Is this, uh, so this is Williams and Humbert? This is a Williams and Humbert wine, uh, one of the oldest producers, a family-owned estate in Jerez. And I don't know whether you've noticed, but this is in a half bottle. And Jerez mm. are really good at marketing their wines yes. um, to the UK consumers and... So they've listened and thought maybe this is uh, a full bottle is too much, but a half bottle like this is perfect because it keeps fresh mm. and you can enjoy it with a couple of you over a meal. Mm. And uh, it's a nice price too. It's very trendy at the moment, half bottles of wine. So yeah. we're obviously ahead of the curve. Perfect. I've actually got a bottle of this in my, in my cupboard that I'm sort of waiting for the cooler weather. So they say anything that swims mm -hmm. goes well with Phenomanthonia. Okay. Anything that flies goes well with Amontillado, Oloroso. Mm. Uh, anything that runs goes well with Oloroso. So mm. you're thinking game, um, red meats, venison. Mm. So there is a sherry for every um, course of your meal, not to mention the sweet sherries, which we'll come on to at the end. So now we have the... Now, next Afonso we'll try Oloroso. So the, these first three wines we had, Manthania, Fino, Amontillado, they all had that floor I was talking about, mm -hmm. the yeastiness that protects it from oxidation. Yeah. That's uh, what they call biological ageing, which when I first heard that phrase, I thought, oh, sounds like my washing. <laughs> but uh, it's a very technical um, way of ageing the wines. So that's one way of doing it, under floor. The other way is um, oxidative ageing, where the wine is allowed to age with um, air contact, so it's in the barrel and it doesn't have the yeast on top. Mm -hmm. So let's try this Oloroso. Okay, so the yeast just isn't allowed to develop. There's no yeast, that's right, no yeast develops. So the next wine we're going to try is an Oloroso, mm -hmm. and this has been aged with no floor yeast. Mm -hmm. It's had oxidative aging. Now, when you look at it immediately, you can see it's a dark colour. Um, this... It's a wonderful smell. I mean, it just smells like dried fruits. Dried honey. fruits. It's very dry again, um, and the concentration is there. Again, a perceived sweetness, but... For me, this is um, excellent with red meats and stews and hearty meals. Again, not that sweet at all. Definitely not sweet. Very dry. And you've lost all that brioche, toasty notes. Mm. This is um, more robust. Mm. Far more um, intensity of flavour. Um, not the sweetness um, that you'd get from a Montiardo. Um, and very good with main courses and um, actually very good with cheese too. Yeah, it's lovely. When we've been at tastings, I often have consumers come and they say, oh, I don't like sherry. 
so immediately I think game on I'm going to find a sherry that you're this the challenge is on and we always more often than not find that when men say they don't like sherry the one they go for is an oloroso Mm. it's like the man's sherry because you know with steak and chips with an oloroso is hard to beat Mm. you think of the salty crispy chips and a caramelised red steak with lots of salt. You're making me hungry. <laughs> it goes really well with Oloroso. Lovely. No, it's very, uh, it's very comfortable. Right. So now we're probably we're into very familiar territory. Most people, when you talk about sherry, they say, "Oh, it's too sweet." Mm. Now. Maybe it is for some palates, but you have to taste sherry in the right conditions. And for me, this is always my game changer. If someone says they don't like sherry, this is going to change them. Okay. It's a good sound. <laughs> the producer of this wine is Harvey's. And I think... Yes. This is, and that's, so this is an interesting choice, because you were, you were saying before, a lot of people, they hear Harvey's... Harvey's at Bristol Cream Sherry, and that's where they get, that's where they, that's where they see more sherry is. Harvey's is a market leader in sherry mm. and still sells more than any other sherry in the UK. It does get a bad press. Yeah. It's um, personally one of my favourites. I mean, I know they're very old sherries, so they're mm. aged for 20, 30 years. This isn't from that range, but it is a cream sherry, mm. which is the style most people are aware of. What's happened here with a cream is you've taken an Oloroso mm. that has aged without flour, so no yeast, and then you blend in very sweet Pedro Jimenez, mm. which, which is, is, a, is a grape that they sun-dry, mm. And when it sun dries, it naturally creates a lot of sugar. So when the wine is pressed, the grapes are pressed, the the must that comes out already has a very high sugar content. So they blend a little Pedro Jimenez into, well, varying degrees actually, but um, into the Oloroso to create a cream sherry, Mm. which originally is a British invention because it Mm. suits the British palate for some years ago. But this to me is one of their finest sherries. It's 12 years old um, and is one from their signature range. It's in a small 50 centilitre bottle and I mean, smell this. The colour is nice and dark. It's I mean, richer it's, than an oil rosso. It's just luscious, isn't it? And when you smell that, that's slightly orange peel or dry fruit. You're entering Christmas territory, but in a good way. We, we are definitely venturing into Christmas territory. And I think what you're explaining there is the Pedro Jimenez, because that's like liquid Christmas cake in a yes, glass. Yes. And incidentally, very good drizzled over vanilla ice cream, if you ever <laughs> want to try that. tip. <laughs> Hot tip. So... I implore anyone listening, if they think they don't like sherry, you have to go and get a bottle of cream sherry. Mm. And you'll notice this is served a little chilled, which tempers the um, alcohol and the strength of the wine. Mm. Just tones it down a little bit and makes it very rewarding to drink. So immediately when it enters your mouth, you can... We talked about viscosity in the other wine, but this is properly uh, sweet, a delicate sweetness. Yeah, blended. It's, it's not cloying so, at all. It's not cloying, and it's integrated so well with the wine because it's aged for so long. Mm. Um, a sipper, a little wine that you have in a glass that you really appreciate. 
when I've hosted tastings with the president of the Conseca Regulador in Jerez, Beltran Domecq, he says these are wines to enjoy when you contemplate. I'm very envious of his life that he's got mm. this time to do all this contemplation. But I, I see what he's saying. You know, you don't want to rush them. You want to sip and savour. Yes, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the dark of all the cherries you tried so far. It's probably the darkest in colour. It is, but mm. only of these ones we're tasting. Mm. If we put a Pedro Jimenez in the that's, glass... I mean, that's very dark. You, it's opaque. Mm. You don't see through it. It's jet black. It's, it's definitely... Again, this is the first one I've tried where you can taste the sugar, but, you know, as you said, it is very subtle. Um, it you can it's taste the syrupy, sugar. It's not sickly at all. But that's something. because of the winemaking has integrated it over mm. a long period of time mm. and um, has all the ageing from the barrel and the oxidation and, yes, the natural sweetness from mm. Pedro Jimenez. And this has been aged for 12 years. 12 years, yeah. And, I mean, I mean I'm looking at the... I'm looking, obviously, I'm looking at the bottles now. Um, you know, I... 12 years, this one's 12 years, that one's four years. And what, what's the price range for all of these, roughly? Obviously, it'll vary. But uh, La Gitana is around £11 mm. in Waitrose. Sanchez Ramate from the Wine Society, around £14. This half bottle of Williams & Humbert is around £11. Mm. For an Amontillado that's 12 years old, to mm. get it for that price... You know, sherry is undervalued and therefore you're going to get a bargain. If you go and buy a bottle of sherry, you get what the Australians would say, lots of bang for your buck. As a tip, anyone who wants to drink sherry in the UK or in London, uh, what are your, what are your top, top places to visit? Oh, top places to visit. Well, I made a list of 50 top places to visit, 50? but obviously wow, that's so. going to be hard going. There are so many mm. good Spanish restaurants now and... As I think of them, they've all got good sherry. Mm. Um, so you have to go and find maybe Iberica or the Camino Group um, and speak to their bar staff. They're all trained in, and understanding exactly which sherry you should be trying. Mm. Um, aside that, local wine merchants are amazing with their knowledge and appreciation for sherry. Mm -hmm. um, you just have to go and ask them a couple of questions yeah. and they pour out their heart to you about why they love sherry. I'd be amazed if anyone out there finds a wine merchant who doesn't love sherry. Yes, it is. Um, amongst wine lovers, it is sort of everyone's pet. There's also pet a really good range available in supermarkets. Mm. Um, the buyers at Tesco, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Asda, um, they have amazing deals. And Marks and Spencer's as well. I must mention them too. They have mm. amazing uh, relationships with the producers and are bottling some fantastic own label sherries. Mm. So go get a bargain. And um, do visit olivemagazine.com uh, for our wine writer Kit Hawkins uh, sherry recommendations because she's also a big fan. Oh, very much, yes. She's flying the flag in Bristol for us. Yes, definitely. Um, I, so I went to uh, SAC oh, in the yeah. city in London, recently, which is actually that's where I met you. Yes. Um, uh, and Matt does really lovely uh, sherry flights. Yeah, so they opened maybe a year and a half ago yeah. and they are still expanding their range. And it's wonderful because they understand sherry. It's a real authentic experience of going into a bar like you might do in Jerez, mm. where there is some food, but actually the star of the bar is mm. sherry. And um, Camino uh, in Shoreditch. So yeah. my, my recommendations are quite East London specific because I, I went on the, uh, the East London portion of the sherry trail. But, you know... Um, Camino is fantastic because I think... 
for me, they, they started the revolution with Sherry, with Bar Pepito, which won Time Out Bar of the Year in 2008. So mm. they're, they're an amazing ambassador. But in West Side of London, Cambio de Tercio mm. has an amazing range of Sherry's, especially in Capote e Toro, which is owned by the same group. Mm -hmm. um, the quality of food is fantastic. Mm. The range of sherry. I mean, there's no excuse. If you're in London, there is no excuse. There is sherry everywhere you look. Yeah. Um, something else, a place I also wasn't quite expecting was Hawksmoor. We had to, went to Hawksmoor, for some, Hawksmoor for some sherry cocktails. Yeah, they really have understood sherry and cocktails. Mm. They have an amazing selection and all their staff are um, very appreciative of the flavors. You know, bartenders mm. are not gonna just mix a cocktail because it might be trendy. They appreciate the complexity and what that ingredient gives to the cocktail. And so Sherry is a favorite of theirs. So as a final note, Sherry and cocktails. Sherry and cocktails. Well, what is a cocktail? I quite a lot uh, on cocktail menus, uh, but I'm always a bit like, I'm not quite sure where to start. I think you have to go back to what a cocktail is. It's a mix of ingredients that together is more than, you know, individuals. Mm. Uh, parts and as you've tasted these five sherries earlier they have complexity and depth of flavor and a range mm. so if you're going to put something in a cocktail it's got to give mm. and sherry really gives now we've got two here we've got a rebujito mm -hmm. which is a classic cocktail in Jerez so it's a very refreshing in the middle of summer Lovely. when you need to have a drink but you don't want too much alcohol what's, what's, what's in this is garlic with fresh herb and lime and it's got so this is quite a simple one nice easy mint. one to start with fino mm. lemonade and mint i mean that's delicious that's it's got lime wheel just for a little fresh of acidity so in the garden in the summer this is a grown-up refreshing lemonade really it's yeah i mean again it's got lemonade in it but quite dry um, if you want an alternative to a cocktail like a gin garden or, or something like that, then this is a really So a, a really gin nice and one. tonic, I think most people out there enjoy a gin and tonic, but my top tip is to add a splash of fino into mm. the gin and tonic or replace the gin with fino. Just for a, like a lower, oh, a for lower ABV Exactly. Drink. You can end up having two in the garden because you've got much lower alcohol, but the flavour you get from it is fantastic. Great. So it's a very dry style cocktail. Which is a, I kind of, I like dry cocktails. That's, that's really nice. Now we've got something which looks very different. Yeah. It looks I, like an espresso martini to me. Is it, it definitely yeah. is. We've gone from summer yes. to winter. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Coffee espresso with Pedro Jimenez, the very sweet, rich sherry, mm. and a little cream sherry, because that will add a little acidity and freshness. So garnished with a couple right. of um, coffee beans. This. Looks a little bit mm. like a Guinness, but <laughs> tastes very different. It does kind of remind me of Guinness in a way, um, in a good way. So obviously mm. Sherry is bringing to this sweetness, but with complexity. Mm. Um, it's got fruits, it's got um, nuts, and uh, with the coffee as well, mm. you know, coffee's strong. Yes. To get something to complement, it's just got say, to have I mean, its, its own identity. It's perfectly balanced. It's really, really smooth. You can't, yeah. like, the coffee doesn't dominate at all. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, again, as it's balanced with a cocktail. And so. dangerously, dangerously drinkable. I mean, you could 
but you can go very simple, like we have with the Rebujito, Fino and Lemonade. You know, the cream sherry I was talking about, on rocks with mm. a slice of orange. Fabulous. Delicious. I mean, put down that amaretto at Christmas and put some sherry in the glass with orange. It's lovely. Yes, great. Well, so uh, they go well with food, uh, they're fabulous in cocktails, or they're fabulous on their own. So um, after you've listened to this podcast, uh, go out and buy some, buy some Fino, Manzanilla, Amontillado, Oloroso, whatever you want. All right. Thanks very much, Angeline. Thank you. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes and leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode, you can visit our website, olivemagazine.com. You can pick up a copy of our September issue now or go download the app version. Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat.